0: We
1: have a down. Good evening, it's Eric Erickson here. We are starting an hour early here on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Uh, joining me in studio is the Georgia Secretary of State, Brian Kemp. Thanks for joining me.
0: Hey, great to be on with you, Eric. Thanks for having me.
1: So the reason I'm glad you are able to get in here today is we have this story from the Associated Press that has circulated and just been burning up the Internet that there were 53,000 voters on a pending list that uh, Democrats and a lot of people in the national media have said um, you're denying them the right to vote. And your office has now reviewed the matter. And, and I know the, the facts and what have been reported are not necessarily the same thing.
0: No, there's no question about it. That's what's been frustrating with people that write one article. You know, everybody else picks up on it. You know, people like the New York Times, Huffington Post, and others that are in the tank for liberal Stacey Abrams start writing these, you know, horror stories about me, the great folks that are working as our county registrars, because that's really who's doing this work all across state and all 159 counties. But we've been fighting back to get the truth out there, and the truth is on our side. It has been... Uh, during this election cycle, it was in 2014 when they tried this, and it certainly was in 2016 when they tried it before the presidential election. And uh, it's not going to work at the end of the day. No one's having trouble voting. It's very ironic that we have this whole you know, narrative out there, and every day the media is reporting how we have record turnout for uh, advanced voting in person since it started last Monday. And we continue to see long lines everywhere. People are voting. No one's having trouble voting. And this is really just a headline to to take away from her extreme agenda.
1: Well, you know, people have been voting. And in fact, the 2016 voter registration numbers were up year over year. Um, Mm -hmm. There's the latest report now that uh, you've deregistered massive numbers of people. I actually looked into this myself and discovered the Secretary of State Office does not do that in election years. And those are people who hadn't voted in seven years and hadn't responded to the Secretary of State's office to verify registration.
0: Well, and I think it's important for people to know, too, look, we are following processes that are in the law. And there's a reason that you want to keep your voter rolls secure. You know, a lot of these people that are saying on this pending list that's out there – at any given time, we may have 75,000 people on the pending list. My daughter, Lucy, was on the pending list until she turned 18 just a few days ago because in Georgia you can register to vote when you're 17 and a half but when you turn 18, you automatically go to an active status. That's how the process works. Uh, you know, people. There are other people that used a fake address with a street name only, no street number, no street type. Um, that that failed to match the U.S. census data uh, data that's out there. We've got over 3,000 people that are on the pending list because uh, their citizenship could not be verified. And it is state law that we verify people's citizenship before we register them to vote, just like you do when you get your Georgia driver's license. There's also over 5,800 people that are pending, but they match another active or inactive voter in the database, meaning... Meaning that person got flagged because you could have a, a double, you know, someone registering or being on the rolls twice. It's supposed to catch those kind of things, and you want it to do that.
1: Okay, so l- let, me, let me just stop you there. You're reviewing these numbers. So 9,224 are pending because they're 17 and a half years old or so. You can register to vote, and then you become active. 2,935 have a fake address. Three thousand three hundred ninety-three are pending because we couldn't verify citizenship, which we're required to do. Right. Five thousand eight hundred forty-two are pending because they match someone who's already registered to vote, and so you're left with roughly forty-six thousand on the pending file. And now, my understanding from people in the Secretary of State Secretary of State's office is that seventy-five percent on the list or on the list because their social security number doesn't match. That's exactly right. So, so we, that people. is a, that
0: is a federal process, a federal process that was pre-cleared to check, you know, to do the citizenship verification. It was pre-cleared by the Obama justice department when Eric Holder was the attorney general. So they are blaming me for a process that was approved under president Obama. Which is outrageous that that they're even talking about this. And you don't wanna register people if their social the last four of their social doesn't match up. Because what happens if you know, it's not them? What happens if they're using, you know, a number that that they don't know whose it is? But you can always register without using your social by simply using the online voter registration system or, or registering at your county elections office with your Georgia uh, ID that you can get if you don't want a driver's license or your Georgia driver's license. but these individuals elected not to do that and therefore they have a problem and that's why they're pending in the system
1: so now one of the the Associated Press mentioned a lady, a uh, Apple Nunez uh, as one of their voters who were on the pending file. and uh, the Associated Press says that she was flagged because of the hyphen between her names, but, uh, my understanding from talking to folks in your office is that she actually is an active voter, unlike what the Associated Press reported.
0: She is. So what we found was was she was in the system uh, as an active voter. She re-registered for whatever reason. Um, you know, maybe she didn't think she was on the rolls. Maybe she wanted to see if she would get registered again, testing the system. You know, who, who knows what happened here? But basically when she re-registered, she misspelled her own name. So it did not match the name in the current system or the name, you know, on her verification documents. Therefore, she was flagged in the pending system. And that is the individual that they're calling me a voter suppressor over. And I I just hope the people of this great state would realize that, you know, they are not being told the truth here. They're being lied to. Uh, It was done two years ago before the presidential election, the same type madness. that was done in 2014 by the New Georgia Project, the group that Stacey Abrams set up. You remember they had the press conference with boxes of files, 84,000 people uh, on the list, and we won when they took us to court on all ten counts because it was outrageous. I mean, one of the persons, Eric, and I know that you and I both would love to have this person registered in Georgia, but one of the pending uh, applications is is Jesus Christ uh, of Heaven Street. (laughs) Well, you know— we we can't we can't register
1: now. That Heaven person. Street that, that's in the North Georgia Mountains. From what they tell me up in the Blue Ridge area.
0: <laughs> well, that's not surprising. <laughs> God fearing people up there. Yeah.
1: So now let's back up because you mentioned the New Georgia Project, which was a nonprofit Stacey Abrams started to register people to vote. And it, it, from what I'm hearing, you say a number of the people who were flagged because the Social Security numbers don't match actually came from this group.
0: Yeah, I think like 14% of the people that are still being held over are from 2014, so they act like this is some new, you know, breaking news story. I mean, these are people that the New Georgia Project signed up in 2014. They never came in to correct their their form. I've talked to many, many folks at the county level that were dealing with the New Georgia Project and these forms that was missing information. And when you talk to them, a good example is over in Muscogee County. You know, they had forms that were turned in from the New Georgia Project back then in 2014 that had an Alabama address. Well, we cannot register someone to vote from Alabama in the state of Georgia. They had, you know, people's, you know, made-up names on the forms, missing birth dates, missing addresses. I mean, we cannot register. The counties cannot register people that, that we don't know how old they are if that verification piece is not on there or where their house is, because we have to know, uh, and the county registrar has to know what district that person is in so they can get them the correct ballot. Um, And and if those individuals do exist, which I doubt that they do because there were 17 people that we did an investigation on of the New Georgia Project that had been turned over to prosecution uh, at the Attorney General's office for for signature frauds um, and and misrepresenting uh, a Georgia voter on that form, by by uh, fraudulently signing their uh, signature that that you know you you can't you can't process those applications unless you get that information that is the law that we have in georgia and the counties are following the law and those people have been around ever since then they're still on the list we haven't taken them out but they still have never verified which which makes me believe that they do not exist
1: so yeah It sounds like, if I'm hearing you right, and and the information from folks within the Secretary of State's office that I've talked to, that a lot of the problems are from Abrams' own nonprofit from 2014, where she was trying to register Democrats to shift the state. Those people may or may not exist. They haven't come forward And it seems awful convenient that suddenly in the last month of this campaign, suddenly there's a very well-documented story out from people affiliated with this group. I mean, it sounds like they they set up, tried to set up at least, a a media storm.
0: Well, they're they're trying to blame me for a problem that they created. You know, one of the first things I did when I got in the the Secretary of State's office, I started working with the legislature um, to – create online voter registration in our state where literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anybody that wanted to register to vote could go online either through the Secretary of State's website um, and register to vote. All they had to do was fill out the information exactly like it was on their driver's license or their Georgia-issued ID card. So take, for instance, somebody that was a 16-year-old. They turn 16, they go past their driver's test, they get their driver's license, When they become 17 and a half, they can register to vote in the state. And when they become 18, they can legally participate in the election. So any time between when they turn 17 and a half through, you know, on, they can register to vote. And all they have to do is go online, fill the information out exactly like it is on their driver's license. If the New Georgia Project had used the app when they were registering all these people to vote, when they were paying these canvassers to go hang out at restaurants and in different places, then they would have registered to vote. There wouldn't have been any of these errors. So they are blaming me for these areas, uh, errors. And what's ironic is Stacey Abrams voted against online voter registration. And, <laughs> and if she'd have been using that, they wouldn't have these problems. And then we created, you know, our free mobile app where you can get your sample ballot, you can track your electronic uh, overseas ballot through well, there which i created i mean it's just let's, it's, i
1: i want to ask you some questions about that we got to take a quick time out and when we come back um, more with brian kemp secretary of state republican candidate for governor and what we're finding out after this review of all these pending voter registration numbers It is 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, News 95.5, AM 750 WSB. Joining me in studio today, the Georgia Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, running for governor. And we've been talking about the voter registration issue and the complaint lodged against your office. One of the late breaking stories I'm seeing circulating in the media, which I know, having been an elections lawyer, is, is just not being reported factually, are how the Secretary of State's office removes people from voter rolls that it's a a seven-year process if you wouldn't mind addressing that for a minute no
0: we, we deal with this one every two years as well we've done it many times in the past we're following federal law the help america vote act to keep the voting rolls up to up to speed and you know basically what you do is you get somebody if they're a registered voter and they're active and for some reason they don't participate over two general election cycles, which would be at least a, a three year period, then they, they are considered to be or thought to be a, 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 maybe an inactive voter. So the county registrar will send them a letter asking them, are you still at this address? Because what happens is people move, they'll change neighborhoods, they'll move out of state. So they may, they'll quit voting here, they're voting in another state, and you don't want people registered in two states. So you send the letter. If no one answer, if they answer the letter or do anything to their record, even if they sign a petition for a, a recall, uh, if they go go in and change their address, anything they do in their in their system would would get them out of that uh, potential potential status to be looked at, and then. If they don't answer the letter, then they move from active to inactive. So they're still on the rolls. If they were inactive, all they got to do, just like these pending people that we have now, if they just go up, uh, show up and, and vote, show their photo ID, they'll be moved, you know back into uh, the active status. But if they then miss two general elections again, we'll send them another, or the county will send them another letter. And then if they don't reply to that letter, then they're, you know, end up being removed from the roll. But this is like a seven-year process.
1: <laughs> yeah, so when you say two, two election cycles, that that's two two-year periods, not a, not a local municipal elections yeah, no, and it's, elections, it's, but, not like, yeah. it's
0: not like presidential races. It would be, you know, two federal elections, basically. So you could have a presidential year and then the next year when your congressman, you know, has to run again. Right. Uh, that would be those two cycles. And if somebody doesn't participate in either one of those, then they would get that first letter. Uh, and and you know, the left just calls this outrageous thing. and and the thing is they don't they don't want us to remove people. they right. they they want dead people to be right. remain on the rolls.
1: when we come back, I want to talk to you about that and uh, the fraud issue in election integrity in Georgia with all the rumors about Russia. is 36 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Joining me in studio is Georgia Secretary of State Brian Kemp. Thanks for doing this. Now, Absolutely. we've we've talked about the voter registration issues, the pending file, how people are actually made inactive, how they're removed from the rolls. And it, it seems for the last two years, we've just heard nonstop about election integrity issues. It, it seems like the Democrats have raised those more than most and that they should like the fact that we make sure people who shouldn't vote aren't voting, including Russians, but suddenly they're upset about it.
0: Well, and I I think it all has to do with targeting me, quite honestly. Uh, A lot of the things that they're talking about on election integrity, you know, they've been talking about our our voting equipment, even though I've, I've taken the lead on moving us to a 21st century voting system, doing a pilot project, Way back in the fall of 2017, uh, you know, they, they have just forgotten that. Uh, we got into the session last year. The legislature debated that for a very long time. Couldn't get any um, legislation done. So immediately after session, I took the lead once again, put together the Safe Commission, the Secure, Accessible, Fair Elections Commission, bipartisan Republican, Democrats, Libertarians, you know, independents. We've we got county elections officials. Anyway, it's a great group. Uh, we're we're assessing voting equipment that could be available. Uh, we'll we'll get uh, recommendations for the legislature for this year, and and you know if everything goes right, we get the funding. Uh, we'll implement a new voting system in 2020, which I support moving to a system that it that has a verifiable paper audit trail. I think that's what everybody wants, but. You know, we're taking the lead on that, but I can assure folks that the processes that we have and the system we have now is very secure. We have done a lot to protect the system. We've never been hacked, despite what the Democrats would tell you uh, in the narrative that they're trying to put out there. And we we continue to fight that every day. But we're going to have secure elections in Georgia and we're going to have accessible elections. I always tell people we want to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat.
1: Well, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about southwest Georgia after the hurricane and, and the devastation down there, how the elections process will work down there, including in magical, mysterious Glasgow County.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Glass, Glasscock County is not in southwest Georgia, but that's a whole nother, yeah. a whole nother uh, tangent. You know, I've been. I, down... I
1: think, by the way, I did read somewhere that in, in the magical, mysterious Glasgow County of South Georgia, that Elizabeth Warren actually is a Cherokee. but. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll let you uh, continue <laughs> yeah. that narrative. I'll stick to, to to voting and the and the great response that our local uh, county elections officials and and registrars have done in the wake of that devastating storm. I've been down there twice, you know, continued to pray for those folks. We've we've helped with some relief efforts from our campaign perspective. My wife Marty got caught driving a forklift the other day loading the truck, so People are very grateful for the help that they're getting. Our federal and state response has been unreal. But those county elections officials, even with the devastation that they've seen in their own homes and in their local community, started um, advance voting with using generators, um, not having air conditioning to give people the ability uh, to cast their ballot on that very first day. I think we only had two counties that could not do that. We got the governor uh, to do an executive order to – give them a couple of days because it was just an unsafe environment in Seminole and Miller County but they're all up and running now uh, people are voting I know that those Jordans have more on their mind than an election uh, and rightly so with the devastation that they've seen but very proud of those hardworking folks that got things together down there and I'm proud of our team in the Secretary of State's office you know I took uh, Chris Harvey the the chief elections official uh, under myself that runs the division over there. And, um, you know, he got to see that firsthand, meet with those folks, and they, we've been working with them from day one to see what we needed. Other counties that weren't effective have been a resource for them as well, and it just shows what Georgians do in tough times. They come together and help their neighbor, and uh, our response has been great. And that's really, you know, I, I told a lot of people, seeing that response on the ground down there, seeing how hard those folks were working, how folks in our office volunteered to help us well with, with GEMA, um, makes me proud to be a Georgian.
1: That's good to hear. I, I want to shift gears from there into the actual campaign uh, against Stacey Abrams. Uh, moving beyond your role as Secretary of State, there's some striking contrasts that have really shaken up between uh, you and Stacey Abrams, including her her vision last week down in South Southeast Georgia about the role of the governor. To be able to transition people from agriculture and hospitality jobs into renewable energy jobs because of climate change. I I didn't know the governor in Georgia actually had the power to do that.
0: Well, I know there's a lot of people in rural Georgia and a lot of people that work in our great hospitality industry and and really people in general that were outraged by by those comments. Just to even, you know, come out and say that was really quite shocking. I mean, agriculture is the number one industry in the state It makes our growing port in Savannah uh, so great. Also, the port in Brunswick. I mean, it's helping drive the rural economy. And look, it's feeding our people. It's clothing our people in the state and literally people all over the world. I mean, we are the breadbasket of the South. I think there's much that we can do in agriculture. So that was very disappointing that, you know, she would think that people shouldn't have to go into agriculture here in Georgia. People want to go into agriculture. I've been talking to my own kids about potentially going into the ag program in college because there's just such great, you know, great jobs out there, especially uh, even for females, which which is appealing to me, having three teenage daughters. And uh, I've seen that firsthand when I was in the legislature. I worked uh, a lot with research and extension, which literally covers all parts of our state, supporting our farmers and our agribusiness people and it's just you know we're we're the leader in the world in ag when you think about things like blueberry production a lot of peaches you know obviously uh broiler chickens you know eggs cattle beef all kind of different row crops certainly cotton and peanuts are going to be especially cotton very challenging this year and our pecan farmers just absolutely took it on the chin in southwest georgia but you know, there's a lot of good things that are going on right now with the federal and state response. And um, I'm going to be a governor that's going to continue that and work with those folks. And we're going to make Southwest Georgia stronger than ever before over the next eight years.
1: Well, the other divide that seems to be shaping up is is the Atlanta versus out of Atlanta divide. And it, it seems like a, my impression of the campaigns is you're running a very Georgia focused campaign. And her, I think naturally her constituency is mostly urban uh, and Focusing very much on Atlanta, but I continue when I travel around the state to, to see this divide between Atlanta versus the rest of a sort of dynamic that I don't know that it's necessarily fair, but it's one that her campaign seems to be amplifying just in its language catering just to Atlanta.
0: Well, and I think we, you know, I want to be a governor that represents our whole state. I think we got a we got a lot of a lot of tough issues we're facing in rural Georgia. When you think about people don't have access to high speed internet, so their kids can simply do their homework at night. Uh, people are moving away because there's no jobs and an opportunity uh, that makes it tough on rural rural hospitals. And that's why I have a plan to deal with those by increasing the rural hospital tax credit. That's something that Lieutenant Governor Candidate uh, Jeff Duncan and I have committed to doing. Uh, and those kind of things will absolutely move the needle. But we're not, you know, we're not giving up on the metro area. I mean, right. just the opposite. We're fighting for every vote that we can get up here. And I think Georgians should really look at the policies and proposals and the records of the two candidates and think about issues that matter to them. You know, I want to cut taxes. I want to continue the tax cut that we got to the state income tax last year. Next year, that's the plan. Uh, She said she wanted to reverse what Governor Deal and the legislature did. When you think about education, we rolled out a a plan the other day to invest in public education, give our teachers a $5,000 pay raise. We have 44% of our teachers that leave the profession in the first five years. I mean, we have heard that on the ground in our schools and from people that are running or working our schools. That's a big problem, so we're addressing it. We rolled out a robust school, uh, school safety plan to help schools protect themselves from the inside out. That um, goes for putting a, count- a counselor in every high school in the state to help with behavioral health issues and, and then also funding for, for school security. Uh, And that goes with complete local control. You think about health care policy. You know, Stacey Abrams wants a radical uh, takeover of government health care to a single payer system, Mm -hmm. doing away with Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, It's going to raise your taxes. You're not going to be able to tell, you know, who your doctor's going to be. And it's going to make your current insurance plan illegal. I mean, those are radical positions. And there's very big differences. And I think Georgians need to understand about that.
1: I want to jump back real quick to education, because you have mentioned giving teachers pay raises. And I I was kind of surprised to hear a Democrat on the campaign trail say that it's not possible and that nobody should believe you. Well, yeah, well,
0: I mean, if that's all she had to say when we rolled out a, a teacher pay raise, you know, I think that's actually a good thing, because I think people, if they really went back and looked at my look at my record of campaigning for the legislature Uh, in the four years that I served, I did what I told people I was gonna do. I went back home for three years, helped Marty raise the girls, focused on some business stuff and came back as secretary of state, ran with a very specific agenda of using technology to make the office more efficient and effective and lower cost and also um, ran on having secure elections. And we've already been through the secure elections part. Uh, but we've also, you know, our new systems, whether it's corporations, our voter registration system that we have now, easier to use. We've saved millions of dollars doing that, and uh, they're working, working great. So I absolutely have a history of doing what I say. And that's why, you know, when we roll that teacher pay raise package out with our school safety package and other things that we've done, we are accounting for that money that we're spending. Uh, I'm implementing a spending cap, and I'm planning to do that. But it also means that when you do that, you can you can pay for your priorities in, in state government. And my priority is going to be public education and education in general. That includes paying our our teachers correctly because that's one of the big issues that we've got in our state. And for her to say that that I can't do that is ridiculous. On the other hand, you have to look at what she's proposing. She's taking the same pot of money that's available to the next governor. And she's spending it three or four times saying she wants to do this big government program and that big government program and and if you really dig into the numbers that is simply not going to work so i'm looking forward to to working on those issues and and moving the needle on it
1: well listen i want to go on if i can uh, andrew in there um i want to go on and take a a quick time out because when i come back i want to circle back to the beginning of the associated press story and the information on registered voters get back and find in the last couple of minutes we have here go back to that because I think it's such a big issue and I know the media is not going to cover it as much as it should after beating you up for weeks and now we know 75% of those people probably don't exist so we'll take a quick time out and be right back. Welcome back. Final few minutes with Secretary of State Brian Kemp. We've been reviewing in studio this complaint. Uh, The Associated Press and others saying that there were 53,000 people on a pending voter file who wouldn't be able to vote. It turns out if they show up to vote, they actually can vote.
0: They absolutely can. Just show up to the polling location, do like every other Georgian has to do that's voting in person and pull their driver's license or state-issued ID card out and they can they can vote in this election.
1: Now, the, let me run through these numbers, uh, though. So we've got 9,224 uh, are pending because they're they're not yet 18. They registered. They'll become active when they're 18. 2,935 used to fake address. 3,393 are pending because we can't verify their citizenship. 5,842 are pending because they match another active voter. So that leaves about 46,000 and 75% on the list uh, don't match the federal Social Security database that federal law requires you to check.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a federal process that was or or federal approval uh, process that went through the Obama administration, the Eric Holder Justice Department, and I'm getting blamed because somebody can't fill their Social Security number, at least the last four digits, out correctly, or. They don't know what their social security number is or that person doesn't exist and they were using the, the you know last four of somebody's social security number. Who knows what happens? But look, we have to verify citizenship. That is the law in Georgia to verify citizenship, just like we do when someone gets a driver's license. And Eric, I think it's good to note when you think about these forty six thousand people that are left and then the seventy five thousand of them. That mismatched on the Social Security information that was approved by the Obama Justice Department. Seventy-five yeah.
1: percent. I mean,
0: seventy-five percent. Yeah, and um, by Obama and Eric Holder, this is out of ne- this is out of nearly seven million people that are on our voting voting rolls. So when you run those numbers, I mean, it's a very small percentage of people that we're talking about. But it is a problem that Stacey Abrams' new Georgia project created because their canvassers could not get folks to fill the forms outright that they're sending to county registrars to put into the system. This is not even me or the Secretary of State's office doing this. This is the county registrar that are flagging these folks, and they're entering, entering all the information they got, and they're in a pending status. And if they just show up, show their ID, they can absolutely go vote. Uh, but they haven't done that. And, and you know, it's really ridiculous that this is a manufactured crisis to take away from her extreme agenda of, quite honestly, like she said the other day, wanting non-citizens to vote in our election and vote for her for governor. I mean, that's illegal, yeah. and she knows it. When
1: we come back, I'm going to have more on that and the other data. Thank you very much for spending an hour with us on this.
0: Oh, great. Thanks for having me on so we could clear the record and get the truth out there. You can learn more at KempForGovernor.com, and I'd appreciate your vote and support.